navy beans, lima beans, garbanzo beans, sun beans. Check that. Does that one working? Hey, hey, I mean, kind of. It's right. not really working. White beans, peanuts, laser beans. <laughs> Check one, two. Well, you got to talk in. Hey, hey, one, two, hey, hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the wonderful Wheel of Life and another international transmission of You Can't See Us with Starfire and Charlie. Hey, 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 hey. All right. All right, we're back, everybody. This is so great to be back. I just can't even believe it. Yes. Shit's falling apart all around us, but here we are. We're podcasting. <laughs> and it's Grady Don's 42nd birthday. Happy birthday, Grady. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, everybody. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, everybody. Right on. So, how's it feel to be... How, how old are you? 42? Officially 42, but actually 32. Okay. Oh, so I missed that by 10 years. That's all right, man. That happens all the time. All right. <laughs> um, it feels great. Another day. Never better, man. Yeah. Never better. Right on. Good times. Hey, guys. I hate to bring it to a screeching halt, but my mic don't work. <laughs> <laughs> this is Larry's mic. Here, Larry, you can have your mic back. Well, <laughs> talk, talk into that mic. Check, 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 check. We're fucked. Yep. <laughs> Checkity check. Yeah, it's, it's recording and everything. It's just not, it's I just can't hear you. I just don't have you. Have I wronged you? Wronged you? There wronged it is. Wronged you. All right. There's, there's Eric. Yes. I'm telling you, shit is falling apart all around here, but it's coming, it's coming together. Yeah. It's coming back together. You should name more beans. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Those those are uh, all important beans. Yes. So uh, what's been going on with you, fuckers? I don't know. What about you, Dan? You look pretty intense over there. Man, it's been a it's been an intense week. I mean, you played last night, correct? Yeah, I played at Dan's with Isaac Hoskins and Chris Flemons, and it was really fun. Ah, yeah, I bet that was a good show. A round of silly songs. A lot. There was a lot of uh, sad bastard music. <laughs> happening last night whoa it's like the funnest sad bastard show ever right on well at, at least that i've had in a couple of days what is a sad bastard show <laughs> in front of people i don't know i don't know what i'm saying it was the saddest bastard show that you went to yesterday definitely that's good how have you guys been man i had to recover yesterday i was not doing well <laughs> from Sunday, yeah, from Sunday and Monday and Sun- Sunday, I mean, Sunday and so what? there was a a birthday celebration. There's a celebration, a celebration, bitches, for Grady's birthday, mm-hmm. and uh, I think everybody really celebrated quite a bit. Yeah, and then we played from Starfire and I played from six to ten. Yeah, that's just dumb. Well, you know, it was it was all right. <laughs> it was a good. I caught the end of it, and I can only hope that the end of Daniel's show last night got as cool and <laughs> wheels off as stuff did at y'all's show. I think I played a Pearl Jam song. Oh, yeah, you did. I you think did. you did, too. That was that was all right. You did a good job on that. Well, it's just not anything that I'm proud of. No, I love Pearl Jam, <laughs> but I like to cover things that are either obscure or older than 1980. But you were... Uh, <laughs> They were asking for it. They were. They were asking. So you were you were just being a good a good entertainer. Those, those were requests. Did they ask you twice? I don't know. I don't recall. <laughs> you know, 
Wow, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you go right ahead. Well, I was going to say we was talking about uh, the ce- celebration for Grady Sunday, but it really all kind of started Saturday for a long weekend. We played that wedding. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then we had time to kill before the wedding, so we ended up having a small cookout at Charlie's house. Oh, yeah. So it was a long weekend. A lot of celebration going on. A lot there of was. celebration. Bitches. We were, just, we were just hanging out, waiting, and I was like, well, let's fire up the grill. And we did. And we went and got some beer. Yeah. Some Alaskan summer. You're all about that beer from Alaska. Dude, it's just my favorite thing. It's really good. So, so tell the folks out in podcast land about this beer that you've been drinking. Well, almost two years ago now, because it's almost summer. Mm-hmm. I went to Alaska for two weeks for a buddy of mine's wedding, and all we did the entire time was drink this Alaskan uh, brand beer. There's like Alaskan White, Alaskan Amber, Alaskan Summer, Alaskan IPA, and it was just so delicious. We were at South by Southwest, and uh, they had the beer at one of those bars, and I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, it just came to Texas. It's just in Alaska and Texas right now. And yeah, that was that was good beer. That was the Alaskan IPA. I think it was it was either that or the Alaskan White. I don't remember. But Whatever probably it was. the IPA. But they have the IPA over at the It was fucking good. Yeah, it was. Midway Mart, is that where they have it? Yeah. Yeah. The other day we had the summer. Summer Alaskan was really summer. good. Was really yeah, good. I had I had one of those, I think. And you you've had all how many different flavors? I've of had beer three of the four that they have. I've already had the IPA, but I just haven't bought it yet. That'll probably be my next purchase. But I, I keep going back back to that amber. That amber's so smooth and so good. It's got to be cold though, and it would be a lot better if it was cold out. You know, cold outside. Right. So uh, the summer one may be my favorite one right now. But so I, that makes sense. The Alaskan beer is better. In cold weather, yeah, that does make sense. Like you don't want to drink that shit on a on a beach, no, in, in Florida, no. You want to drink Modelo Special, yeah, because that Alaskan beer is just not going to taste right. No. You you can drink it on the beach in the Bering Sea, somewhere where it's fucking cold. Yeah, yeah, sitting on an iceberg in the Aleutians or something, <laughs> fishing for polar bears, or just just standing with a rifle hunting for bipedal orcas. <laughs> They're out there, man. Yeah. Just walking around. <laughs> just plotting. <laughs> I'm going to get these motherfuckers. Well, and then you guys you guys played a show without me on Saturday because I had to go to a wedding, and you guys played a wedding. Yeah. It was, isn't that strange how things work out? Synchronicity. That's what I like to call it. Well, so tell me about y'all's wedding experience. Well, nice. if you would. It was really nice. It was out on this ranch. It was real beautiful. There were stars. That you could see? Yeah. There was uh, some delightful uh, people there. We hung out, and there was a lot of people there, actually. It was, yeah. it was a big big ranch wedding. A couple of kegs, some beer. People just having a good time. It was, it was a lot of fun. I there was it. fire. They had fire pits. And a lot of people, what they did was the fire pits were nowhere near the stage. And everybody was hanging out by the fire pits instead of the stage. Yeah. yeah. What's up with that? What is up with that? I would have been at the fire pit too. I'm not saying that I would have. Right. I would, <laughs> wouldn't have, but yeah. But you're pissed about it. It sounds like I'm not pissed. I was just. People still listen though. Whenever yeah, that's they going on. Yeah, they're, they're still jamming out. They're just not standing in front of you jamming out. That was right. the most laid back show ever. I well, think. that's the way like most private parties go. Yeah. You, know, you it's it's not a regular show. You know, it's just like get up there and jam and do your thing. Is that what y'all did? 
Yeah, we 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 jammed a lot of stuff. It was fun, man. We played a lot of a lot of older songs, or you know, songs that Charlie used to play. Some bust outs years ago. Yeah, Some, yeah, yeah. Because Joel knew him, so yeah, it was fun, rocking and rolling. I had a good time. How about how about your, the wedding that you went to? How was that? It was great. It was beautiful. It was in uh, at the East Texas Arboretum in in Athens, Texas, and uh, it was Jessica's sister's wedding, and uh, you know. Got to meet a lot of Jessica's family for the first time, and that was cool. We got along well. You know, other than that, not, not a whole lot to report. Right on. Typical wedding experience. Yeah. Yeah. Hurry up and wait. I was there, I was there a long time. Man, weddings, I don't know. They're not really, not really my thing. Nah. I don't know. You're married. Yeah, but we got married at, at an, in the courthouse. Very good. At the JP. Yeah. We just, we didn't tell anybody. Well, till after the fact. I talked to Jessica about it, and, and, you know, that night when we were, I mean, we had to take two cars out there. She had to do all this stuff, you know. It was, uh, it was stressful for her. And then we got home, and I was like, you know, if we ever decide to get married, let's do the justice of the peace thing, and then let's throw a party. There you go. That's the way to do it, man. And that way, because the ceremony is really, I understand to some people it's real important, but it's really the boring part. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. where the babies are restless and I'm restless. <laughs> and the Charlie Shafters are restless. <laughs> well, and like I can't he, even sit still through those things. It's just like a People want to do it in the summertime, you know, like outside and everybody's in a uh, suit. Yeah, and it's just hotter than a whore's ass on nickel night. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Colloquialism number 1 knocked it out of the park, like <laughs> This is gonna come through on the recording, but there's uh, definitely a leaf blower next door. God, that woman is crazy. She's relentless with the leaf blower. <laughs> she just blows, and she does it year round. Yeah, she, like, she does. And this is like her third or fourth leaf blower that she's gone through because she keeps <laughs> like blowing out the blowing engine. Blowing them out. Yeah. Blowing out the blower. Burning up the engine, man. Hey, I said if you're gonna buy a leaf blower, you should use it. I'd be trying to use it in the house and shit. Try and blow some stuff, you know. Oh, there's a spider. And just blow him out. <laughs> You're going outside, buddy. Well, the worst thing is she blows all these leaves into my yard, you know. Just like, I don't want to deal with this, so I'm going to put it off on you. And I'm like, bitch, come on, please. You got to start throwing machines shit into her yard. Yeah? You think I should? Well. 
Well, or you could just talk to her about it. Well, and we have. Oh. You know, and we said, my, my wife said, could you please not, not blow these leaves into our yard? And, and she just keeps doing it. Should we go out there and just watch her right now? We've, and, and I love doing that because then she'll leaf blow the whole thing except for this one patch of the driveway that would blow all the leaves over into my yard. She waits. Like, while Why I'm doesn't sitting. she blow them off into the street? If Good question. I the bitch is crazy. I don't know. Well, what, she's, she, what she's doing is the leaf blowers to gather the leaves in one area of your property so you can pick that shit up and put it in trash bags and let the garbage man can pick it up. Mm. She's just blowing that shit and let everybody else take it. Yeah, she, and she blows it out in the street and then like a car drives by. And we'll put it back onto her thing. And so she goes back and blows it out. That's how it takes like two hours for her. I'm from the school. Now, I did actually clean up leaves this summer or this fall. But I'm really from the school of thought that you just leave them there until it's time to mow your grass. And you mow the damn leaves, too, with the grass. They mulch. Yeah. You leaf them there. See what I did there? That was nice. She was blowing them into the street, and then like when cars would pass, it would just like right back into the yard. Yeah. My favorite thing that I've ever seen in Illinois, when it comes to leaf disposal, but uh, (laughs) that that was broad. um, Glad you cleared that up. (laughs) I saw a guy who just put all of his leaves onto a flatbed trailer and just took off down the highway. (laughs) 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 Now that's awesome. That's sharing them with everybody. Yeah. Just t- just just slowly pulled out onto the highway and just just went got up to about seventy on the flatbed trailer and the leaves were just going everywhere. It was great. That's a bit of genius right there. Yeah, that's really the best way to deal with the leaves. You yeah, know, it's I think like, so. That's better. I wish I wish she would do that. Maybe we should mention it to her. Say, yeah. hey, we got we got we got a van with a hitch. You got a flatbed trailer? <laughs> or maybe I should just su- suggest. For her to blow the leaves into my other neighbor's yard on the other side of my yard. Through, like, yeah. I wonder if she does. Like, okay, if you're going to blow them over to my yard, could you just keep blowing them all the way <laughs> yeah. over to the other person's yard? Yeah, and they can clean up that one. Or if she even gets past the other person's yard, they can just go out into the street over there. Yeah. I don't know. I'm fucking sick of it. I'm so <laughs> fucking sick of this bitch next door. <laughs> Taking these leaves, it's, throwing them all over the place, putting them in her... I've seen her stuff her bra with them. And <laughs> she's a strumpet. She is a she's, strumpet. She's a no-good gutter whore. fucking strumpet. <laughs> it's neighbors, man. It's just dealing with neighbors and, and how they just do annoying shit. You oh, know? like the new people that moved in across the street from me have five chihuahuas. Oh, God. That, they, that she leaves out. All night in her backyard, which is right across the street from me, and they just sit back up out there and yip. Yep. I, I had a neighbor over here one time who had a dog that they left out when it was like way too cold for a puppy to be outside by itself. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, I think one of her animals died out there because they never fed them. People are fucked up, man. Well, why even have a dog? Yeah. You know what's worse than a yipping dog? What? An ensemble of yipping dogs. Mm. I do love you know what's toy worse poodles. than a chihuahua? Five chihuahuas. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, see, I don't care if you're going to have a chihuahua or five chihuahuas. Just take care of them, you know? At least yeah. feed them and don't let them fucking freeze to death, you know? This is like common sense. Well, she's not. I think she's feeding them. They're not. I'm just saying that they're just outside running around. I, I don't have a backyard, so now. All right. I mean, it's not her fault, but 
Now I got to let Birdie and Gracie out the front, and there's these chihuahuas over there yipping, so I can't deal with it. Yippity-yap-yap. I got an annoying neighbor. Jessica and I call her uh, crazy bitch. Uh, <laughs> mostly because we don't know her name. If we knew her name, I think we'd probably call her, you know. Sandra. Name. Yeah, Sandra, the crazy bitch. But uh, you guys got to deal with her. Was it the lady that yeah. said, "Is that whose, whose truck is that up there, parked right there? <laughs> and then she was like, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. But she's like, what band do you play in? And I was like, Charlie Shafter, you guys sound great. <laughs> I was like, so is it good? Do you, or- do you need me to move my truck? She's like, oh, no, it's, it's really not a big deal. This is the crazy neighbor? Yeah. She then stopped what? her car, her and some dude, to talk to us about the, the truck, uh, uh, Daniel's truck parked in front of her house because we had left for the weekend. And uh, <laughs> she goes... She's obviously getting on to him, and then when he's like, oh, I'm sorry, he's, tr- he's apologizing, she's like, it's no big deal. <laughs> like, just, just don't up to it, crazy bitch. Yeah. Just be crazy bitch. What else has she done that makes her crazy? <laughs> um, when I, Does she know, have a leaf blower? No, she, she might have a leaf blower. Okay. Um, I, I moved across the street. Uh, when I when I moved into my new house, I, I used to live in the house right, across the yeah. street. You'd been over there, right? Uh-huh, yeah. And so... I had a bunch of stuff in this garage that was like, I'd lived in that house for a long time. So like, you know, my just old roommate stuff, my ex- Shit just accumulates yeah, over just time. Yeah. Everyone's junk. And so, and in, including mine. So I had moved um, all of it out to the curb and then called the garbage folks and said, hey, y'all need to, can y'all come pick this up? Well, then I want to say that day or the next day, the gar- the garbage got changed over to the landlady's name, or so they didn't do it. So it just sat out there for... For about a year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> a couple weeks. So long that I didn't even see it anymore, you know? I'm just like, I don't don't even pay attention that there's a bunch of junk across the street. Well, she came and knocked on our door and was like, what's um what's the deal with that stuff across the street there? I was like, well, garbage people are supposed to come pick it up. I've been trying to work on it. And she's like, <laughs> someone should really haul that away. And I was like, yeah. If you if you want you 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 can. <laughs> like, I'm, I, I call the garbage people. I'm. It's not you know. I'm not doing any. That's all I'm doing about it. I put it out there. They're gonna come pick it up. Wash my hands of it. And yeah. you know, bums had picked through it and stuff. Some people would come by and pick out some things that some choice pieces that they wanted. Yeah. And uh, she even got some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Once she got what she wanted. Yeah. Oh, that shit needs to be hauled away. It really does need to be hauled away. <laughs> and so. Sure as hell, she backed her truck up, put all. I guess took it to the dump. She did it. Yeah, good for her. I guess. Good I mean, for her. Is it good for her? I think if it, it was is. bothering her that bad, and then she just self motivatingly did it, then yeah, yeah. Good for her. You're right. I think that's great. I still call her crazy bitch though. Is that all right? Is that mean? I'm mean, right? I'm hating. <laughs> no, that's all right. She that's... is. I. I mean, she might be serial mom, dude. Like she might be the real life serial mom. So what do we? Something is my vocals still? Is everybody still hearing that? Yeah. Okay. We're you've, good. We're good. You've got a leaf blower on your it's vocals. Leaf blower, man. It's coming out of your left ear. <laughs> um. That is what happened. It's getting louder, and so I'm. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, it is. It was getting louder in that because it's like right here now. What is? Do you, do you hear that? She's she's doing it right now, blowing the shit into. Is she really? I'm going outside. <laughs> All right, Charlie's gonna go report. This is where the podcast should go video. <laughs> yeah. A little snippet of. Let's go on, I'm scared. Oh, it's on the window. May I 
Jim Beam. Soy Bean. Butter Bean. Damn Beam. Bean tacos. So we're so we're back to the back to the cast. And we're back. What are we gonna talk about? So Mark Lavon Helm died on April 19th, 2012, age 71. Levon was his nickname. He went by Lavon most of his life, and then uh, his friends started calling him Levon, so he just changed it to Levon. Levon Helm. Man. He was one of the... Uh, he was probably maybe the best drummer ever in rock and roll. He was good, man. He was, he was a great singer, a great mandolin picker. I have here 10 statements that were released by 10 badass people about Levon Helm. We're not going to leave all read all 10 of them but uh but you know we'll uh just give us the hits the hits i like phil lesh's he says farewell to an american bard b-a-r-d but i don't even understand what that means i've heard the term used before i don't know it's so deep we don't even understand I know, it. exactly hold on let's find out what bard means Sorry, guys. We're gonna because we can't just go and we don't even understand what the first sentence means. Maybe we could use context clues if we heard the rest of them. Just kidding. Born a, a poet, a professional poet. It's just it's the same thing as like a poet. Farewell to an American bard. Levon embodied that America of myth and legend, of tale and song, often celebrated in words, but so very rarely encountered in the flesh. Moreover, he was a sweet, loving, irascible, humorous, hugely gifted human being whom I have come to deeply respect and love over the years of our acquaintance. His smile as he sang with his family and friends was a joy to behold, a true image of his soul. Without Levon's inspiration, example, and direct encouragement, my life would not have taken the path I am now following. I owe him, in the traditions he stood for, a debt of personal, artistic, and spiritual gratitude that can only be repaid by continuing to travel the road that he helped to show us the never-ending journey. Levon may be gone from our daily lives, but his spirit still burns brightly in our hearts. My love and prayers go out to his family, friends, and fans around the world. Fare thee well, Levon, and may the great Sky River sing sweet songs to rock your soul. Nice. Pretty sweet, man. That yeah. was pretty damn sweet. Good job, Phil. Yeah, Phil. Bob Dylan. He was my bosom buddy friend to the end, one of the last great, one of the last true spirits of my or any other generation. This is just so sad to talk about. I still can remember the first day I met him and the last day I saw him. We go back pretty far and had been through some trials together. I'm going to miss him, as I'm sure a whole lot of others will too. Hmm, that, that was Bob Dylan? That was Bob Dylan. He doesn't he release too many No, he never does, that, man. So that's, uh, that's cool. Garth Hudson did one too. Levon left us today at 1.30 p.m. Thursday, April 19th, 2012. I am terribly sad. Thank you for 50 years of friendship and music, memories that will live on with us. No more sorrows, no more troubles, no more pain. He went peacefully to that beautiful, marvelous, wonderful, wonderful place. He was Buddy Rich's favorite drummer and my friend. Levon, I'm proud of you. Also good. Yeah pretty good he's pretty universally loved by anyone who knew him and uh you know the band is one of those things uh they just stick out you know of the stuff uh, the rest of the stuff of the late 60s and early 70s where you know i think they uh yeah like george harrison and clapton were like 
you know, both instantly like, holy crap, I'm going to start a band like this, (laughs) you know? And they're both already doing pretty huge shit. Yeah. You know? But it's like when they heard the band, they were like, oh, man, these guys fucking blow everything else away. Man, it's a lot a, of it has to do with Levon's voice. I think it's like a like the Beatles thing. They have the different singers too. It kind of it helps an album move. Yeah, you know they're I all really so great singers. Yeah, I mean, I'm in my opinion, the band had three of the best singers of the seventies, hand, hand hands down. Yeah, I mean they're just great. And they have all these videos here on this page. That I'm looking at the night that he died. People were playing concerts, and there's like one of the Black Keys played the wait with John Fogerty. Wow, where was that at? Coachella. Yeah. Um, Almond Brothers uh, do the wait with Bob Weir that same night. Wow. Um, I bet that was good. Then Warren Haynes does some leave on tribute thing that I haven't heard. But is it a Bon Iver? Is that how you say that? Bon Iver? I don't think anybody really knows. Whatever. He probably doesn't either. Bon Iver. <laughs> uh, my friend from San Francisco went and saw him that night, and they did uh, Ophelia with oh. like horns and shit. He uh, sent me a video to it. It was it was awesome. Yeah, I bet, man. Really, really good. The horn, I mean, the horns especially, and the dude sang it well. So there that's you go. cool. Yeah, um, a lot of people out there remembering old Levon Helm. Yeah, there is. I mean, they it has statements from Elton John, Jeff Tweedy, Mike Gordon, bass player <laughs> yeah. for Fish. Wow. It has Glenn Kochi, drummer for fucking Wilco. Wilco. Yeah. It's got um, Robbie Robertson, Rich Robinson. Read the read the Robbie thing. Okay, I've read it before and I didn't. I just can't get. I just don't like him, man. No one does. I know. So uh, last week I was shocked and so saddened to hear that my old bandmate Levon was in the final stages of his battle with cancer. It hit me really hard because I thought he had beaten throat cancer and I had no idea he was this ill. I spoke with his family and made arrangements to go see him. On Sunday I went to New York and visited him in the hospital. I sat with Levon for a good while and thought of the incredible and beautiful times we had together. It was heartwarming to be greeted by his lovely daughter, Amy, who I've known since she was born, Amy's mother, Libby Titus, and her husband, Donald Fagan, Mm. which I didn't know, were so kind to help me walk through this terrible time of sadness. My thoughts and prayers are with his wife, Sandy. Levon is one of the most extraordinary, talented people I've ever known and very much like an older brother to me. I'm so grateful I got to see him one last time and we'll miss him and love him forever.
everyone hate on Robbie? Because he's a... Well, I mean... <laughs> what did he do? I, I, I just don't know. After the band broke up, there was a lot of shady shit that Robbie Robertson did. I think he got into shady shit during... Yeah, yeah. early on. And I think it had a lot to do with their publishing deal. Mm. You can see it in that... Um, and I think Levon talks about it in his memoir, This Wheel's on Fire. Yeah. Saying, like, when they start touring with Dylan... You could just see Robbie's like a little bit younger, maybe five years younger than the rest of them. He's he was the youngest one, and you could just apparently he would just follow Dylan around, you know, try and dress like him, yeah. you know, anything he could do to. He was just kind of sponging onto him, and then when it came time, you know, when the band was getting together, they were they all worked really hard on those those first two records. Basically, recorded them at home. Garth was into the recording process. Yeah. They got that dude. Uh, shit, I won't remember his name now. He's on the. He's credited on the second record. Um, John Simon. Yeah. Who's like kind of a you know. Well, they make those two records, and as they're getting the royalty checks back, they're like, they're basically being paid as studio musicians, and he's being paid as the songwriter, uh, arranger, like Dang. everything. You know, right. it's like it. It might as well have been Robbie Robertson and some some dudes but in fairness on the on the writing i mean sure. he was the writer right he wrote all those songs he wrote the night they drove all dixie all those songs that those other guys were singing he wrote agreed you know but it's i i believe it's like um i don't think that's how a typical i i think the breakdown was not how a typical band thing went right uh not meaning them that's confusing right <laughs> but like i don't think the the dead's publishing went the same way it's like where everything is sure you get writing credit but like arrangement Right. And you're not just being paid as a studio musician. Yeah. Right? Um, this is what I think to be the thing. And then so, like, on Stage Fright, he's got that group of songs, and he's, like, well, trying to get them to, you know, rehearse them and work them up. And they're like, nah, man, we're studio musicians. Book the studio time. We'll be there. Yeah. And so he hires an outside producer, tries to get that sound. If you listen to that record, compare it to the first two, it just... It's not there. Yeah. yeah. And I, so, I mean, maybe they kind of think the other guys maybe kind of shot themselves in the foot too. And there were other factors, drugs and all that shit, but there's, yeah. there's always, you know, the, many, many things that, that go into it. But they, they, and then he, when they didn't want to break up the band and, you know, they just, they hated him for it. Right. Is essentially it. And then also Dylan talks about in Chronicles, I think he's talks about how he's, do, he's going to to get an honorary degree somewhere, and Robbie Robertson's with him, and uh, and the band's breaking up, and all that stuff is happening. And Dylan's like, "Man, I'm gonna move. You know, I'm gonna move out of wherever they were." And and, and Robbie was like, well, "Where are we gonna go? Where are we gonna take this?" And Bob's like, "I don't know where you're gonna take it, take this, but <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm uh, I'm going, dude. You know, that doesn't mean that you're coming with me anywhere. You know, yeah." It's like, yeah, we're not. You're gonna stop following me around, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> He'll, even though Robbie did come up with all those ideas, he since he didn't sing and and then he tr and he disbanded them and never really, I don't know, went on to do anything nearly as as good as right. the band. Um, and then he still likes to take all the credit. I don't think he'll ever be as respected as Levon, exactly. Danko, Richard, yeah. Garth even. 
I mean, know? yeah. I mean, because especially, it's one thing, he didn't even sing those songs. You know what I mean? The, the voices on those songs singing them are what made, the like, especially, you know, how, how, how could you listen to The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down without hearing Levon, unless it's Jerry. But, um, <laughs> but right. you know what I mean? And it's just like, that's, it wouldn't that sound, deserves... It no, wouldn't sound as good if Robbie was singing it. Right, and that's, that's where it deserves a little, some publishing, not writing, but publishing for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's... Or I think he could have... I know in a lot of cases, like The Who, um, you know, Pete Townsend makes all, that, all the money, and, you know, the other guys... I guess now you know now that it's just Roger Daltrey. Like they go on tour because Roger Daltrey needs the money. Right. Pete doesn't give a fuck, and is like, sure, yeah, we'll go on tour. And you guys can make some money. I think with the band, also Robbie wasn't into playing live. Right. You know, he had the stage fright thing or whatever yeah. their first gig. So he always, I you know, I think had problems with it. And I think that's when you know why he wanted to break up the band because they they wanted to tour all the time, and I don't think he was as into it. But that was the best way they could make money. Didn't they do a comeback thing without him? Oh, yeah. And how did, that didn't go very well, right? I think that had a lot to do with, um, yeah, they you know came back in like 83. Right. And then in 86 is where uh, Richard Manuel uh, killed himself. Yeah. And I think it had a lot to do with the fact that they, you know, they're playing like county fairs and stuff like right. that. Right. It wasn't the same, I guess. It's sad. Well, back to Levon. He's the best. He went on for 10 years. After he got throat cancer and came back and had another 10 years of uh, badassness in him, just, you know, giving us one little, uh, another decade of Levon just to, to go back and listen to, which is great. Put out some of the best stuff, man. Yeah, I mean, he, he got Grammys for all of it. Those last two records and... Not Grammys that they actually show on TV, but right. know, Grammys, <laughs> nonetheless. Like, are the cameras on? Let's get this old ugly guy out of here. <laughs> no, it's like... <laughs> No, the real Grammys happen when the show is not on, is not you know it's not on TV. As mm. far as I'm concerned, that's where all the good music gets stuff. So you just mentioned the Who, and it made me think about a story that I heard the other day. They're they're having the Olympics in London uh, coming up pretty soon, and the UK London Olympic Committee tried to book Keith Moon for, to perform. <laughs> <laughs> He's been dead for 34 years. <laughs> And they called like his old manager or something, or and tried, yeah, and tried to book him for some Olympic performance or something. They should have. I, I mean, if it's like one of those things, if you know it's coming, why wouldn't their manager just been like, "Oh yeah, he he'll be there." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just collect that check, yeah, give him exactly. to send it ahead of time. We need, we're gonna need half up front, and then when he shows, which he will, yeah, that's when we'll get the other half. He's gonna show up in a hologram. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, right, they're that stupid. Maybe, maybe that's what they meant. Maybe they were like, "Yeah, we know he's been dead for thirty-four <laughs> years, but can he perform at the Olympics? Come on, Tupac's back. Let's make it happen." <laughs> Keith Moon's the next big hologram. How are you going to get a hologram to actually hit drums, though? Well, you can put the, he, have, he can play hologram drums, man. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a play. lot cooler if there was a drum, actual drum set, and the hologram came up and played the actual drum set. Yeah. We're working on it, man. Just give, give it time. Give it a week. So I hear that, that the Tupac show is going on tour. Is that true? I don't know. Somebody, one of you guys told me it was that. Me. I, yeah. I, t- I tweeted it to you guys. I think it, I think it said it, that we're going to do I it. I think it is. Because last, last week we talked about the Japanese pop star 
that's right. a hologram. Yeah. Played some of that on the show, right? Yeah. That was her? Yeah, that, that was, was her. hilarious. She, uh, she actually toured the U.S. also. Hmm. Wow. And, and we missed it. Did she like play dance or anything? Or no, what? I don't think I don't think she came to dance Silverleaf and then, but uh, more of a rock and rodeo thing. Yeah, yeah, I think she might have been at one of the the bigger bigger clubs. Billy Bob's in town. maybe. Yeah, Billy Bob's is really where the Japanese hologram would go when she comes to Texas. <laughs> yeah, so there's uh, you know, I guess I guess they're bringing back more dead rock stars. I love it. Good. It's happening all the time. Bring back Levon, man. Yeah. I've, I'm I'm troubled by this. I love Levon Helm. Me too. I don't think he's the best drummer I ever heard. He's just awesome. You know, he's just got it. He's just cool. It's one of those things where he plays so well, he doesn't, it's obvious he doesn't, uh, he's just doing it the way he does it, and that's that's what makes it really cool to me. Yeah. Anyone ever get to see him play? Nope. 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 I did. It was about two years ago, I drove up to Tulsa to see him at Kane's Ballroom. And uh, they do a couple songs, you know, uh, Larry Campbell plays in his band. The dude was in uh, Dylan's band, like, in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. Cool. He's awesome. Um, they do a few songs, and then Levon comes out from behind the drums, gets his mandolin, and they start r- Rag Mama Rag. And I'm like, yeah, this is, I'm freaking out. <laughs> well, he starts singing, and just nothing comes out. Uh, it just croaks and burrs. Uh. And... They just keep doing the song. I think Larry kind of picked up and started singing it. You know, and the, like they kind of sang it, harmonized uh, him and a couple of the girls, and and uh, they just played through it. And uh, what I really loved about it was, I think it could have been like all shucks, you know, moment like Levon being. I, I know a lot of singers who wouldn't deal with that well and be like, "Fuck, right? Yeah, pissed but off." He just smiled like. Ain't working tonight. You know, he just kind of looked at Larry and like yeah. smiled at the crowd and was just like, yep, that's that's yeah. my voice, man. You know, yeah. sometimes it doesn't work. And he didn't look like it bothered him at all. Hmm. You know, just smiled as wide as he could and was like, it's going to be one of those nights. But he's looking at his band like, hope you guys like singing. Yeah. You know, because and they did and they all they all fucking kicked ass. Like, dude, Larry Campbell's so badass, man. He had this guy playing keys with him too who was really good and sang really well and uh the girls they just did all kinds of stuff it, they didn't it's like it di- they didn't stick to band they did like uh Graham Parsons stuff they did yeah. dead they did i mean it was just all over the map yeah i, I bet saw, that was a good show man i saw, it's it's larry campbell right yeah yeah i saw him play with dylan several times me too me too and he sang, and he would do some of the same stuff for dylan like they opened up with uh I don't know some old folk song, and just like, and I saw him do "Not Fade Away" with it with Dylan one time, yeah. And he's Larry's got can do that real high, like I'm gonna tell you how it's yeah. gonna be, and, and Dylan's under. I'm gonna tell you how it's gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> it's it was badass though. But he's a great side man. Yeah. I think it it speaks to Levon's character that Larry he, goes from Dylan. To Quits Le- Dylan's band to go yeah. play with Levon. I mean, that's yeah, that's pretty big. Yeah, it is. Larry Campbell also played on the Black Crows double live album, which they did at Levon's right studio. I need to hear that. Yeah, it's great. You got it. Yeah, I got the DVD. I want to watch it. Yeah, Larry Campbell plays some mean pedal steel, and Larry Campbell is a freaking genius. Mando. I mean, like he's a badass fiddle player too. Yeah, plays fiddle there on it too. Awesome. Well, God bless you, Levon. We love you. Yeah, man. 
So what what are we gonna do? What what are we talk decide for the song of the week? What's it gonna be, fellas? Man, I've always loved that. I know we might want to go back further in his career, but I've always loved that mountain Steve Earle song that he did on on the Dirt Farmer, the Mountain. Yeah, that's a fucking great one, and it's very yeah, it is. It's a good tune. Yeah, I'll right be up on. For that. Let's do it. Let's rock that one. Some badass shit, man. Show enough. Beautiful. That's the podcast, I guess. 
That's it. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Y'all hear about uh, Chris Etheridge, too? Y'all know Chris? He plays on that first Burrito Brothers record. Oh, yeah. And uh, he's on Willie and Family Live. Great uh, bass player. He passed away. Was it yesterday? I thought that he passed away a long time ago. No. Like a couple months ago. Mm -mm. Weird. Anyway. And then Pops Carter. Oh, he died? Yeah. Oh, man. He died yesterday. Did you ever get to play with Pops? Yeah, I did, man. Me too. Man, that's... That's that times. Yeah, so have a good day, folks. <laughs> Happy birthday to me. Happy We're birthday, Grady. We're available for children's parties. <laughs> for producer James the Robot, technical engineer Nikola Tesla, and your host Starfire on the Mountain and Charlie Shafter, this has been another episode of You Can't See Us. Thank you.